Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. And we are here to talk about the DC Comics release on the 14th of September 2021, starting with Batman Urban Legends number seven. This is an issue that is all about sort of future slash alternate takes on Batman. Um, Before we get to the specifics, would you enjoy this book if this if it was this every month instead of what it's been? Or are you absolutely (laughs) stop you right there? (laughs) Specifically, do you mean like future takes on Batman or like a theme? Um let's go with a theme. Well then I guess it would depend on what the theme is. In the abstract, I would prefer a theme every month. I think I would too. I was debating that as as I was reading this because while I think we got some good stories from the regular um, the regular installments of this, I I still feel like this scratched an itch that was different than what we normally get from DC, right? So, um, yeah. Anyway, not the most important thing. Let's get into the stories themselves. The first one is um, as my uh, computer is reloading this for some reason, uh, called uh, Wake. It's a Batman Beyond story. It's written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, illustrated by Max Dunbar. I think we haven't seen Max Dunbar in a while. He was on that uh, Super Sons book after uh, Tomasi, right? Mm-hmm. Was it? No, it wasn't Tomasi. It was Jimenez. after. After Jimenez, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I get Max Rayner mixed up or Max... Dunbar mixed up with Max Rayner, who is another person, right? Yes, that is another person. <laughs> yeah. These are understandable mistakes. Um, so what did you guys think of this Batman Beyond story? Zach, you go first. Um, I liked it mostly. Um, there wasn't a lot to it, but it, the art was good. And it's been a long time since I've ha- read a batman beyond comic that i liked so it wasn't written by jan durgans yeah so it had that going for it yeah i felt the same way like it didn't it didn't blow me away but it did several things that i really appreciated um first of all i I love this idea of um the living gotham this like neural network that has uh come alive within the city you hear people talking there's there's been a lot of like research done about how google is building a neural network or whatever uh based on all of all of our collective uh intelligence or the things that we do online right like there's all sorts of conspiracy theories and things about that and there's there's truth to things like the algorithm right that social media is using to Mm-hmm. track what we do and 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 whether they're creating some kind of ai neural network out of that or you know like my favorite thing the singularity you know mm-hmm. um i find that topic fascinating and so i think like it's a potentially interesting villain if they actually do right by it and they don't just make it like a cackling you know <laughs> like I thought they did a good job with it in this opening installment of kind of having it be this like 
instead of just being a cackling villain, there's kind of a, a push and pull there. I mean, definitely it is threatening and villainous, but like there's a, I don't know. There's a complexity to the relationship I feel already between this living Gotham and, and, and Terry. That's interesting. Right. Um, I also think if they stick to their guns and actually have Bruce out of the picture for this, I think that would go a long way in potentially moving the Batman beyond idea forward, because I do think, especially with Jurgens, and, you know, a lot of that could be, you know, he's just an old fashioned writer. Um, I think that sticks Batman beyond with this status quo that it's just kind of been uh, going in circles with. I had the exact I mean, same note. He, he did try by making Tim Drake Batman beyond for a minute. Yeah, I can't, yeah. <laughs> remember that? You remember yep. how the whole Jurgens Batman Beyond run spun out of Future's End? <laughs> yes. All all Asriel issues of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, Vince, I, I had the same note about if they if Bruce is actually dead, and I can already see ways for them to get out of that status quo. <laughs> Uh, but he's going to be fighting the neural network and it with his own AI. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if he's actually dead, that's the first new thing since Tim Drake became Batman Beyond. And I think that would be whether or not that status quo sticks like forever, that would be a status quo that would be very good for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, I still think we see Bruce back in that role at some point. Most likely, if and when they do a Batman Beyond movie, uh, you know, I, I feel like D, I feel like we talk all the time about how DC um, doesn't do a good job of like bringing together their various media properties together. Like, you know, how there's not a Batwoman comic, even though it's a Batwoman show, etc. But I feel like they will 100% bring back Bruce Wayne if there is a Batman Beyond movie in that role. But I think for now, it's it's a really good status quo shift. I think it brings something different to that character. It's kind of setting the character free in a way. You know, the, the um, Batman Beyond has always somewhat been on a tether with having Bruce in his ear. And so putting Terry out there without that is is something legitimately new and I think could be pretty good. Um, you know, Max, uh, which Max is this? Dunbar? Yeah, Max Dunbar does, does a nice job here. There, there's a, a specific page. It's the first time we see Terry flying in this issue. I really like the construction of that page. I think overall he's a good fit for the comic. I think the Batman Beyond costume is is like a top ten DC costume. If the artist can draw the costume well, I think everything else kind of fits into place. His his other characters are a little bit too uh, future's end for me. It's like everyone's a little bit too extremely future, if that makes sense. Too sway, shway. I mean, too shway. Yes, a little bit too shway. But I think overall it works, and this is a pretty long. I think this is essentially a 20 page issue, isn't it? Like this is a full length prelude to that, to that new series. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit more. It might be closer to 30. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, this uh, does announce a new Batman Beyond series called Batman Beyond Neo Year coming April, 2022. Which I assume is a play on like, year one or zero year but right, in like yeah. the Batman Beyond yeah. 
style. I wonder if that will be an ongoing. I presume it's, I presume with that title, it's a miniseries. Yeah, probably. I would or, think so. Or even a piece in this book. A piece in this book, even. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and even if DC announced it as an ongoing i would not believe that <laughs> well yeah where you know what i didn't even i didn't even make that connection but i now guarantee that yeah this is gonna be a a thing in urban legends it's not gonna be its own thing hmm. we'll see i feel like batman beyond still has enough cachet with normies that they may try and put it out there as its own thing they may they may but i think it would actually make a lot of sense to run it in this book Mm-hmm. But... Well, the second story in here is called The Executive Game. It is written by Tim Seeley, illustrated by Juan Ferreira, and it is a Batman 666, aka Damian Wayne in the future Batman story. Um, the note that I wrote for this was that there's not a lot of story here, it's just an excuse for Seeley to create some new villains because basically. Well... Or at least have at least have fun with some of these new villains. Like there's there, there's there's not a lot that goes on here. Yeah, because well, those villains, those are part of the Batman six 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 lore. All of them are. Yeah. Really? I was, see, that's that's on they, me. Then I didn't realize that all of those villains were. Oh yeah, yeah. They're actually like the seven villains that. Oh Damian really? Wayne, that Damian Wayne has already been shown like. Seeley basically took that's the interesting thing about this. Uh, Seeley basically took like he is sticking very true to the few times that we've seen uh, the Damian Wayne 666 version, which I think was like we've seen him like in what I don't know, like Batman 666. There was 666, there was Batman 700. Wasn't there a Batman issue? I don't know if there was a Batman Inc. issue. There was the Andy Kubert miniseries. Yeah. Yes. And, and mu- he, he's taken all of that and, and put it into this. Um, I haven't read that stuff in so long. Yeah. Did, so, that, that's on me being a fool, not realizing all those. I recognize a couple of the villains, but I didn't recognize all of them. So I thought, oh, this is silly. Just, just bringing those villains, bringing in some new villains. But that makes the story even less interesting because it's just then running through stuff we've seen before and there's no real character moments here. I don't know. I didn't particularly care. I like this. I like this status quo a lot. I didn't particularly care for this story. I, I felt like a dumb dumb because I didn't get what the deal he made with the devil was. That's another thing from like well, that. An- that has happened. So. No, I remember that, but I don't oh, understand okay. like what the second deal that he made at the end was. Was it bringing the Joker back? Oh, he want yeah. My reading of it, and I think I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit unclear, but I'm happy with my reading of it. Is that, you know, so he sold his soul to to Simon Hurt back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now, now he went through and he killed the those seven villain villains like mm-hmm. literally literally killed them, and wants the ability to kill the Joker. So he wants the joke because the Joker mm-hmm. died, okay. but not by Damien's hand. Yeah, and so I think I think the deal he made is you know bring back the Joker so that I can actually kill him now that I've now that I've 
killed all these other villains and you know broke the one rule or whatever that makes sense yeah Yeah. i just wasn't sure if that's what we were supposed to be taking from the joker showing up at the end because i had forgotten that you were right that the joker was already dead in this in this timeline yeah um good one for error art yeah good one for error art yeah but Brian, you're not wrong. Like it, this story does not do much. It, it, in fact, it's kind of frustrating because if you didn't follow the Damian Wayne Batman six 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 stuff, you wouldn't have a lot of context for this. Like you wouldn't necessarily know who the villains are. You wouldn't know that Gotham has been uh, nuked because I don't think they say it in the. I don't think there's any exposition. You know, there's hints that like Gotham has fallen, but you don't know that Gotham has been nuked. You don't really explicitly learn the circumstances of the the deal with Simon Hurt. You don't understand necessarily that Simon Hurt has like devil like abilities in this. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of context missing. You maybe don't even know who Simon Hurt is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Um, There's a lot of context missing, which is like, as somebody who knows this story, I guess I kind of appreciate because then you're not wasting time with exposition, but then at the same time, like I'm still far enough removed away from the story that I, I I had to work hard to make it all come back to me. (laughs) Right. And I don't think that that's a great thing either. And then at the same time, like it doesn't, you know, he, he, he runs through these villains who all give kind of a, a, very um you know window dressing characterization of who they are in relation to damien or how they see batman and then it ends with like the the one nifty thing i think is the little joker bit at the end because i think if the if the reading that i took is correct that that's i like that um but yeah i wanted to like this more um it just it just is pretty slight. And again, like, this doesn't have to be the deepest thing that's ever that's ever been published. I just don't know why you would want to go back to this iteration of the character and do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. That's I guess how I feel. Anyway, next up is Hunter or Hunted, which is a Cassandra Kane story. Uh, it's written and illustrated by, and I'm gonna fuck up this name. Guillaume, Guillaume, Guillaume Singelin. And I want to hear Zach talk about this one. I love the art in this. This is probably the best looking book. or It's definitely the best looking part of this issue. And like one of the best looking things DC's published in a long time. But it's kind of a nothing story. Yeah, I, don't know. I say it's a nothing story. It's very fun. It tell it does like some very good visual storytelling, even though like the story isn't more than just cast beating up some, on some guys. Like this, this is like very good comic booking. I don't, I don't want to make it sound slight. It's, it's extremely good. It, it can be good and slight. Like, not a lot happens here. A lot of what we're seeing is just to make it look cool, and sometimes that's more than enough. Yeah, yeah. I think these stories that exist just for the unconventional artist to come do a thing at DC. 
I think that's great. Like, yeah, the story's slight by design because it's just an excuse to. Oh, I'm a sne- <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna sneeze. Oh. <laughs> uh, edit that out, Brian. Nope. Think I know you won't. This, I, this has to be up for our Patreon subscribers in less than twelve hours. I'm not editing that out. You are a trooper. Um, no, but you know the story is designed to just serve the art, and it's it's so short, and it's an artist we don't get to see at DC. You know, it reminds me of like the Peach Momoko stuff over at Marvel. That comic is fun for sure, but it's a showcase for the art. You know, it's not breaking storytelling ground or anything like that um it's just an excuse to look at at peach's lovely 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 art as much as possible and, and i think for what this a, is yeah and i think for a story this short that's fine the problem is when this becomes batman white knight yeah right yes. where, where it becomes multiple series with nothing to them sure well i i mean you know, there's a college course manual on <laughs> White Knight. Um, yeah. I'm going to double back for a second to the the Batman 666 story. Okay. Um, to both remind you guys that in Batman 700, uh, Damien found baby Terry McGinnis, who had been kidnapped by Two-Face 2. <laughs> And then Brian, you were right. Uh, Batman Inc. Volume Two, Number Five, was a Batman Six 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 thing. Thank you. So, thank you for doing the research, Zach. You're welcome. Also, now I have to read Damien, Son of Batman. You really don't. No, no you're, you're, I you're good. I, no, I think I do. I think you're good. Zach is such a sicko. I love. I love you, Zach. Like I love you to death. <laughs> And I love this about you, so I'm not even complaining. But I love how, like, you will get a whiff of, like, a Wikipedia page. And then you'll be like, I think I have to read this whole thing. (laughs) It's so endearing. You do it, like, multiple times a week in Lad's chat. And I just fucking love it. I would also I would also take the under on all of those. Like, you know, will I read this whole run? Maybe he'll read the first issue. Maybe he'll flip through it. But he's ne- he's never going to read the whole run of any of these things. But again, that's a that's a wonderful quality about you, Zachary. Yeah. And I'm not judging because my thing is I I will make I will make my own reading order for something and then I will never do it. Yeah, I did and that. I do with that. that. Yeah. I did that with X-Men recently. Yeah. I made it like not very far. And right. I forced myself to read Titans Villains for Hire special because there's <laughs> yeah. kind of a tangential collect- connection See, the, to JSA. Who's the, who's the real sicko here? Brian's the sicko. Yeah. Brian's We're all sickos. Read- We're all sickos here. Brian's about to read Titans. Uh, yeah. The Eric Wallace Titans. The Eric Wallace, Wallace Titans. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, anyway, the last story in this is called The Batman with No Name. It is a Batman 1 million story. And I felt about this kind of the way I felt about the Batman 666 story where I love seeing this iteration of the characters, love seeing the toy wonder again, but there's just not a lot here. And I feel like this is one of those things that without Morrison's panache, it's just, it just doesn't sing the same way. Yeah, I feel the same. Is this the first canonical mask off for uh, Batman 1 million? I don't know if we ever saw him without his mask in 
the original series or anywhere else. Definitely not, not in the original series. I know that for sure. Batman 1 million was still like a pretty good mystery, even when all of that closed. Yeah. When Morrison closed the door on it. Um, Man, isn't it pretty telling how much of a Mark Morrison is left on Batman, considering two of the four stories in this are cribbing on his ideas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On their ideas. Damn it. We're going to have to start a jar, like a, <laughs> a swear jar, a pronoun jar. We are, we are really trying, though. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've been calling Grant Morrison one set of pronouns for 25 years. Well, there's no excuse. And we should start a pronoun jar. Yeah, okay. we can start that. I don't know we, what, how, what we pay into it with. <laughs> Bitcoin. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to our next book of the week, uh, which is I Am Batman number one, written by John Ridley, illustrated by Olivier Coipel. We had a, a long back and forth in Lad's chat about this book today because none of us have any idea what the fuck is happening here. There, <laughs> the, I, just, I want to start before we go off on it and just say the art is really good. Yes, Coipel is fantastic. Needs to just do, like Coipel, do whatever at dc just yes please yes but it is so unclear what's happening here on one hand this is i think kind of sort of maybe supposed to be in the modern day but there's talk about not being a batman in six years there's there's just there's there's no sense of when this story takes place or sort of what the ramifications around this story arc i thought at first okay this is happening during fear state we're gonna see the magistrate but no it's not after fear state it's considerably after fear state but it's not quite future state yet but in the fear state alpha issue we saw jace become batman so what's happening i just i i I just and i'm not trying to be a a pedantic prick about this it's just i legitimately don't know what's going on I me either. I I kind of meant to go back and look at I am Batman number zero to see, like, I could have swore there were like references to Fear State in that. Am I crazy? Like like it the taking place what? around Fear State. Um, I, no, the zero issue. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll, I'll do some research. Okay, I'm trying to as well. Right I don't now. know. You you talk. I'll, I'll I'll look. Well, I mean, I don't. I just like maybe I'm like reading the tea leaves way too much here. But this, I mean, the whole Jace's Batman rollout has like been kind of bungled. Oh, to the max. And like you you would think our former commander in chief was the one behind it. <laughs> yeah, um, Dan DiDio. Um, <laughs> no, the, the old bungler. I know, Come I, on. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, that's an old school. You mean reference. you mean El Crumbo? <laughs> yeah, Barsack. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. the The point I was trying to make is that I feel like when reading this issue, it seems like somebody just took one of Ridley's scripts that he had done for Five G, and then like Control F. <laughs> like any references to anything and like change it to fierce it's like 
I hate, I hate to like make a reference to The Office because it's so overplayed, but it's like that one episode where they're going through Michael Scarn. Michael, Michael Scarn. Yeah, where they like dwigged. dwigged. Yeah, yeah, it's like dwigged. And that like six years just didn't make it through the control <laughs> F. So I'm, I'm scrolling through the zero issue now and I don't, uh, it's kind of hard to tell when this takes place either. And look, I, I am not opposed to there being a Batman story that takes place in an undetermined period of time, but this has been just so poorly rolled out. Like you were saying, Zach, I just, I, I, it's, I I just don't get it. When we were chatting, you know, we, we, we got hung up on the six years thing and we kicked that around a little bit in lads chat, but I, I don't know if I got this across well enough in lads chat, but the, the six years quote is not the thing that bothers me about all of this because I've read comics long enough that I can just let a line like that pass over my smooth brain with no, you know, I'll never think about it again. You know, I don't have to place this in anywhere in particular necessarily. But my problem with it is that I was ready. Like when, when old uncle rich was talking about, they were replacing Bruce with a black Batman uh, after Tom King's run or after James Tynion's uh, truncated run or whatever the original plans were. Right. When those rumors were, were coming out, I was all for it. I'm ready for it. That sounds great. Clearly something changed. Clearly many things changed, right? And then the way that the Jace Batman stuff was rolled out, it almost seems like DC intentionally sabotaging it or something. Because here I am wanting to learn about this character and wanting to read his Batman story and you get like, I don't know if I'm going to get all this right, but you get like a four issue future state uh, title. And that's the first, that's, that's the first time you spend any time with him. Then you get a bunch of digital first stuff, which I have to admit, I haven't read all of. Same. I don't know when that stuff takes place. Like, do you guys know when that stuff is supposed to take place? So the only clue I have to this is what I sent in Lad's chat, which was that um, Tynion said in his uh, the free version of his newsletter today. I'm I'm, I'm pulling the quote up here. Um, he says the digital first stuff, though. He says, well, I recommend everyone go back and check out the amazing The Next Batman Second Son, which is the digital book. Oh, yeah. To see okay. how John has picked up all the threads at the end of Joker War and Batman 101 last year heading in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Second Son was supposed to be current time, I think. Okay. Or at and- least like after Jace comes back in Tynion's Batman, which that did happen. I didn't make that up, right? I think I think so. Yeah. But then that's the other thing. You yeah, you've got that stuff happening in you know, other bat books and not necess- and then you've got the zero issue of this which is I which was, I have... which was also free comic book material. <laughs> yeah. So yes. 
so I do like I feel like I'm, I am Batman number zero the, the six year thing has to be a goof because I'm Batman number zero you know remember a goof had, meaning a mistake not a joke right yeah not a joke okay. a goof uh, yeah uh, it was a mistake because there's that bit where Jace goes out in the like big Batman armor and he's made to look like he's attacking civilians and no one is like oh we haven't seen batman in six years they're like (laughs) why is batman attacking civilians you know Mm -hmm. and and then that's that event on alley street or whatever uh in the alleys wherever it is that gets referenced in the first issue yeah alley town yeah as as something that has happened recently and then the end of issue zero is him asking vol to make the new suit so unless like it took him six years to make that suit (laughs) um you know yeah even it, without that line though i don't think the book makes a lot of sense no yeah this whole rollout has just been problematic and it makes it it makes it hard to care about a book that you might all otherwise care about you know like there's no excuse if if you really mean to push this character like if you really wanted it to succeed there's no excuse to not just have a book and to be able to point to and say that's the new number one Go enjoy the new Batman. The way that the thing that I liken it to is like Kelly Sudaconic's Captain Marvel. Just now, since then, there's been a lot of like relaunches. I understand that. But like that was such a a, a well-received launch. And it was, hey, here's issue one. This is where it starts. Go. You know? And this was all anything but that. And I'm, I'm, I don't think that has anything to do with John Ridley's writing. I'm frustrated by the way the rollout has happened. Yeah, me too. And it, we talked about, you know, again, we all should probably just like suck it up and read that second son book at some point so that we can stop <laughs> yeah. saying, well, we haven't read it. That's a caveat. But, you know, like you start off with this next Batman future state story, which is him versus the magistrate in the in a possible future and then you jump back to that origin story and now we're back to him fighting the magistrate again in a story that may be the present may be a possible future again we don't know like it's just it's been one week since you looked at me yeah I know it ha- it's not been a year, but it feels like a year of, <laughs> right. of, of these stories that are just not going anywhere. We st- I feel like we still know so little about him as a character. Yeah. Um, and again, maybe it's in Second Son. I don't know. <laughs> there can't be that much work done in Second Son. It's not. It's It can't be. It's like 12, uh, like, you know, 10 page digital shorts yeah Mm -hmm. it's like four issues of comic yeah it's a second it's a second four issue arc Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which i just like to be honest i wanted to read it and it came and went so fast i feel and and also i don't think i could be wrong i don't think it was promoted all that well and i don't think much of this stuff has been yeah it seems to me like they wanted they both wanted this to be an underground like swell of of promotion like Batgirl of Burnside or um, 
any sort of like fun status quo shift, but mm-hmm. they also did not want to put. I mean, I, this is speaking Vince's language incredibly strongly right now. This is like the Jay Leno Conan O'Brien thing where they, <laughs> they wanted to yes. make a new late night host, but not get rid of the old late night host. So you can't put Bruce Wayne on the shelf because that's what that's just what doesn't happen anymore. And yet they want to make this a thing, but you can't make it a thing if Bruce is still running around. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I and it's funny because I feel like with 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 Bruce leave, you know, if you're reading solicits and I guess spoiler alert, if you don't read solicits at the end of fear state, Bruce is leaving Gotham for a while. That's the perfect opportunity to make Jace like the Batman for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's should have happened a lot earlier. And I and I honestly think that that was the plan and they chickened out or something. Well, yes. I think I think Tynion in his newsletters has been indicating that very same thing, that mm-hmm. his run was going to end with Bruce leaving Gotham. Um, but earlier it was going to happen at like issue 100 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that muddles this even more is this book is listed in the like fear state checklist that DC puts in the back of their books as like uh-huh. a fear state tie in which like in no way is this a fear state <laughs> tie-in really you know is is supergirl woman of tomorrow also listed just for the hell of it? no because <laughs> that's an infinite frontier book i guess yeah theoretically it is yeah um so the, it's just weird i don't know the messaging on this book is really weird the art is really good yes it is and um the, the- I have one more weird thing to say, but finish your finish your thought first. Uh, no, I mean that's just it. It's like it was. I had a lot of fun reading it, just because of how good it looks, and like I like the way Koipel like draws this Batman. You mm-hmm. know, it feels unique enough, um, and even like the explanation of like why he wears like the face mask. It makes sense when there's like all of this like paranoia around like gas attacks and things yep you know it's like okay that finally makes sense um and uh, yeah it's it's really i want to be like really engaged and interested in this character but there have just been so many missteps that like have kind of prevented me from being able to yeah i i don't like throwing uh people under the bus especially people who unlike creators don't do press about these things and, and can reveal their intentions to us. But this was like a very poorly edited book to me where I think that the ideas in here are pretty good and the art is really good, but the way it all comes together doesn't really work that well for me. And that is usually on the editorial team. But what I was going to say is, uh, you know, because I don't know when this is because I'm, if this is the current day, then that last page reveal with anarchy being shot up is kind of interesting. If this is a, if this is a possible future, those deaths mean nothing. Mm. So if I knew when it was taking place, I would have a little bit more in one way or the other about feelings about the death of anarchy at the end of this. Man, we don't want the death of anarchy. Keep anarchy alive. Your big anarchy head? the concept not the character (laughs) yes um if if there's one person in my life who's a true anarchist it is you it's me yeah 
Um, yeah, feel feel bad. Feels bad for John Ridley. I'm very excited for his uh, uh, Black Panther book with Juan Cabal coming up in November from Marvel Comics. Check that out. <laughs> How dare you! How dare well, you let's... use our show for that? Juan Cabal is where it's at. He's got two turntables and a microphone. Yeah. All right, I, I'm gonna piss Vince off here and go out of order alphabetically. You're gonna here. do another Beck reference? No. Uh, are, are you not a Beck guy? Not a Beck guy. Not even Sea Change. I'm no. A, a few songs, no album in particular. Am I a Beck guy? Oh. All right, oh, we're gonna we'll move past that for now. Uh, <laughs> let's also talk about the the new DC Webtoons joint. Batman Wayne Family Adventures. It launched last week. It already has 471,000 subscribers on the Webtoons uh, platform. This is written by... Oh, this is created by people I was not familiar with before I started reading this. Written by CRC Payne, illustrated by Starbite. We get three chapters uh, in that initial um, you know, drop of chapters. And... Um, I think and we're I think all pre- there. There are three more too that you can pay for right now to get. Oh, I, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what do we think of this? I really like this a lot. <laughs> um. I thought the second and third chapters were better than the first one, but it's all pretty fun. Yeah. The I agree. the The first one. So it basically like kicks the whole thing off with Duke moving into Wayne Manor officially. And that sets it up. It's it's rather than being a story of its own, the chapter really feels like it's setting up the overarching narrative yes. of the series. There are some fun moments in it. It's certainly enjoyable to read, but then you get the next two installments and they're both kind of standalone stories that, focus on other characters with with duke is there kind of in the background or pushed to the side a little that's not a problem in in fact it's maybe appropriate for a series like this but it does it is kind of a weird like yeah chapters two and three if they're more indicative of what the series is going to be i I think i like that and i think I i don't even need i don't i don't need duke or anyone else to have a real character arc in this i guess i like these little individual slice of life situations for this comic yes that makes sense you know you know what i like just thought of and i wish i had thought of this when we had our whole discussion (laughs) about this comic format an hour ago okay (laughs) available at patreon.com slash dc3cast this oh, is yeah, not... we, we should probably actually promote that on our free shows, yeah. right? Yeah, we should. A lot of people give. Um... <laughs> Brian still doesn't know what that's from. So... <laughs> but he's saying uh... enough that I, I I start laughing at it now. Um, this is not like the future evolution of, you know, like the comic format that we're used to. This is This is comic strips. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like this is this is the future of comic strips, and this is a Batman comic strip in tone and execution, and it's very fun. 
it, it also does something that is really, I think, smart for this uh, type of story, which is that it is totally unconcerned with continuity. And so it can pick and choose and do the best parts of all aspects of continuity. So in this, like in this, Barbara is still Oracle. She's still in her wheelchair, but Duke is also there. And, you know, uh, it's just it, it's it's really taking all of the fun stuff not even for taking sort of the Tim is red Robin as well. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's, it's just taking Alfred is alive. Alfred's alive. Yes. (laughs) It's just, it's taking like the most iconic and interesting pieces of all of these characters and mix them together. And for something like this, there's no reason to be a slave to any continuity stuff that happened to serve a story that has no point here, right? Like Alfred died because Tom King wanted to make a point in his Bane story. Like there's no reason to be beholden to that here. So make so Alfred's back. You know, like I think all that stuff is really good. I don't know why I found Alfred is alive to be so funny, but <laughs> it was. Um one thing that I thought was really interesting is that as kind of like a, a distinguishing factor that also makes sense. Um Damien has like a darker skin tone than he yes. normally has. And I, that's like a very small thing that I thought both like made a lot of sense and is maybe a little overdue. That's been something that's been debated for a long time. Like why Damien's skin tone is not darker. Really? I just was not privy to those conversations, I guess. I want to say there is a comic. Oh, gosh. Is it Son of Batman? One of the books you'll read, Zach. Where okay. uh, I'm putting that all in quotes, one of the books you'll read. Yeah. Um, where a cover was released when he had a darker skin tone, and then it when it came out, it was lightened up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has been a thing in the past. Yeah. At some point. Well, I think it. I think it makes a lot of sense, like both to make like the Bat Family more diverse, and also just to like help differentiate, you know, between the characters. It's yes. kind of also like maybe not unlike the like Tim Drake being by conversation, you know, just like the, these kind of like defining traits of the bat characters that like can typically be pretty homogenous and like making them more unique and, and letting them kind of be representing like different types of people. Even something as simple as just giving uh, Jason a streak of gray in the front of his hair. Yeah. Just to visually identify. So I, I think that makes a lot sure. of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, um I really liked the Barbara and um and Jim story here, the Gordon story. I thought that was maybe my favorite of of the three. Y'all know I'm, I love Babs, so that's that's not too surprising. But I thought that that, that one had a lot of it it gave us a lot of Barbara, but it also those like small moments of Tim and Steph, the small moment of Damien, all of that did a great job of revealing who those characters are. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you read this, if you read just this one and never read another comic with any of those supporting characters in it, you would still have a pretty good sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard yeah. to do in such a short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, they nailed this. Um It'll, it'll be interesting to see how many more of these we get and how frequently. But 
they they really nailed it and i think it's really impressive and smart of them to have done that dc i mean to have done that with you know creators who are not just the same old same old it would be so easy to force like the dc's old guard to write and draw in this format and they didn't do that so I think that's a, a smart choice. Yeah. I I will take a lot more of this and less of Batman meets FaZe Clan. <laughs> yes. Oh god. I for, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah. Thanks, Zach. I don't know what FaZe Clan is, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gaming yeah. thing. I know it is. Okay. I know that much at least. All right. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about our final two issues of the week, so stay tuned. Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We are the hosts of Make Mind Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast, and it is I, Jake, the Taskmaster one. And I'm Elias, the Bendis one. Make Mind Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into the X-Books of the recent-ish months, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our monthly heavyweight champion. Sometimes we even have lists. And other times we have book clubs on Marvel series, past and present. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior, indeed. And we are back with Superman and the Authority, number three. Written by Grant Morrison, illustrated by Michael Janine and Travel Foreman. A nice bit of Travel Foreman uh, art here it goes a long way. Um, I enjoyed this, but I'm sure not nearly as much as you guys did. So I'll let you guys go off on this. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I like this a little bit less than the last one, hmm. but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I liked, I, I mean, there wasn't anything that I didn't like. It was actually, I okay, I take it back. I liked it all. It was really good. I'm like flipping through it. The, <laughs> Listen the, to this guy. The, res, the, the rescue Man. of Enchantress was really good. Um, like Superman, like talking down this, this blob man by like just catching him in like a, not even like a good logical fallacy, like a really like dumb it's like oh when you get rid of all good you'll feel good hmm. yeah it's you know it's like you participate what what's the matt bohr comic it's like oh you want to improve society but you live in society hmm i'm so smart <laughs> just we have to put a time out here and just say that zach is gonna think donda is the best album of all time in like five minutes shut up the way that he is re- re- revising his opinions on everything shut up um, I just take time to like my opinion. I just read this comic like two days ago and I haven't thought about it since then. Give me time. I take time to make my for my feelings to congeal. Look, They're all existing fans... in like five five dimensional space right now and they have to come down <laughs> to three dimensional so I can talk about them. Our fans demand instant reaction. I know. Uh, um, lizard brain just like immediately not thought out reactions to everything 
I'm I'm like continuously making connections between this and uh, the new 52 action run and the fact that Morrison came back to Mars for the origin of this light ray character mm. had me fist pumping. Um, bringing Eclipso into this, I don't care, but sure, that's fine. Um, well, and that's all... interesting because Eclipso was one of the villains. Oh, you're right. seen in infinite yes. frontier you're right that's as, as was light light ray was also seen in infinite frontier oh uh, yeah now she that's interesting no like the other light ray no this light ray this light this... ray really so i when i was reading this I, my thought was like fucking morrison of course they're going to grab a character from the tangent comics universe because this character appeared originally in the tangent comics uh, for, for those kids out there, that was like a, a side DC thing for a while. Uh, Dan Jurgens joint, wasn't it? What was that? Was that Vincey? A Dan Jurgens joint, right? Uh, I believe you so, yes. Right, that is insane. I mean, it's and like so, a drastically different version of the character, but you're right. Yes, yeah, but, Leah but so, Nelson. Yes, yeah. so anyway, so I went to oh our good old gosh. friend, the DC fandom, Wikia, and I looked on the 42 appearances of Leah Nelson, and it's the Multiversity Guidebook. It's Infinite Frontier number one. It's uh, so, William, so which, which version appeared in Infinite Frontier? Was it like I don't know? I, I didn't I didn't go back okay. and look for it. But here's the thing that's gonna that's gonna make Zach nut everywhere. So in a, in addition to also showing up in Williamson's Flash Run, um, I knew that happened. I remember that. Also appear the character also appears in Justice League of America number forty three. And who do you think wrote that issue, Zach? Um, I know that Grant, uh, that James Robinson wrote that. <laughs> exactly. So this <laughs> characters in Robinson. Everyone finish your drink. <laughs> uh, finished and uh, be in Robinson JLA. So um, yeah, man, I'm gonna have to go back and look at. You said it was an Infant Frontier number one. Yes. I'm gonna but, have to check. Okay, and see. guys, this this reads. Like <laughs> these fucking appearances, this reads like somebody made this. Like this is a this is a long con we're just coming around to. So this character appeared in Convergence, in Countdown Arena, in the DC Cybernetic Summer special, Robin uh, uh, Williamson's Flash, Infinite Crisis number six, Infinite Frontier number one, Ion. The uh, the uh -huh. Kyle Rayner book, Robinson's JLA, The Kingdom number 12, Super Sun Multiversity Guidebook, Super Sons number 12, Superman and the Authority, and then it's a bunch of tangent comic stuff. Man, yeah. I've always wanted to read tangent comics, I actually <laughs> bought a few. Maybe, that, that's maybe that's a Patreon, yeah. I was gonna say that's the next Patreon thing. Um, I will say that I, I'm, I'm fairly certain the one who appeared in infinite frontier was the earth nine version that we know but isn't earth nine the tangent earth yeah it is but they visit earth nine yes i'm saying that's different from what we see here yeah she there she is got yeah it, so it, it is a different one it's okay. a different version yes okay but, but still nonetheless the connection is there yeah i did not i did not connect that they were that it was this the same name you know oh yeah. i didn't either no um and that yeah that she used the name light ray my, i was thinking like the new 52 
Right, right. Or not new, or not sorry, gosh. The new gods. New gods. The new gods, yeah. Yeah. No, my like super nerd antennae went off when I saw that name. And I knew that name from someplace. So um, which this the, it it does make me think though, what if there is a new gods connection just because like, don't don't you guys think that a, a reestablishing of the new gods is around the corner? Well, now we have a new light ray and we had a new black racer in future state. Specifically, uh-huh. the future state that happened on War World, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the World War. It was like in the Superman. It books. was in the Superman books. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man, absolutely nutty. I was also kind of Fifth worried world. about how all of these characters were going to be introduced. You know, because the last issue introduced everyone except for Light Ray and Omac, mm-hmm. and I feel like this issue does a good job of bringing them in together in a logical way the the way those characters are connected is is fun and good i think um and so now the gang is all together and we still have one issue left yep yes my my biggest complaint with this comic and it's not really a complaint is that i just want so much more of this so i'm kind of bummed out that we're not getting too much more of this it's it feels weird to confine morrison to a four issue mini right mm-hmm. yes not, not that that was any you know maybe that's just circumstances that's just how things shook out but like that's very weird like when's when's the last time morrison did a mini series that wasn't connected to some greater narrative you know like mm-hmm. what was yeah. what, what was the J, what was the earth three book that they did was that connected that was, to any was that connected that was an ogn though that was an ogn yeah oh that was okay that wasn't a mini okay yeah okay. um that's even weirder well he, that's probably the last they, time they did right? do they yeah. did um that uh what was it called is it is it called ultramarines there's that three issue. No, it was it was an arc in JLA Confidential that Morrison mm. and Ed McGinnis did. Yes, yes, yes. That was kind of like a follow up to their to their JLA run. Um, but even then, you know, yeah, like it just doesn't. This doesn't really happen. Um, can't talk too much about this because it gets into books that aren't out yet. But I'm we've seen stuff from solicits as well, and I'm. I'm very interested to see how this mini is going to resolve to make it fit in and tie in with where these characters are going next in yeah. in the DCU. I have no idea. And like it already I'm already getting like next Batman vibes from it, you know? I'm this is yeah. all this is still just more like 5G tinkering. <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't know, we'll see. We are going to get more of these characters. I just don't know how much it's going to line up with what we're getting here in this book. It's very weird. I don't know. This is my favorite issue of the bunch because I feel like the allure of this book is seeing this team do stuff together. Mm -hmm. And we finally get this team doing stuff together. So I like this. 
I should have taken some notes. There, I feel like there were some really good dialogue bits in this. Um, but I can't remember what I like now. I continue to really like Manchester Black in this. It is yeah. interesting that Morrison is trotting out the ultra humanite, a classic JSA villain for this. I feel like this is not a character you would necessarily associate with Superman. Well, it was Superman's first supervillain, so... But but the character certainly hasn't been a part of modern Superman stories at all. No, not really. But that's a very Morrison thing to do. It though. is, you're right. I forgot that was the first supervillain. Yeah, the first and now the last, in a way. Yeah. Which feels like a purposeful... Like, if this is supposed to be the eventuality of the action comics Superman in Morrison's mind, then it's then it, it, it kind of makes sense because that was supposed to be a riff on Golden Age Superman. And right. this was Golden Age Superman's first, like, non-wife uh, beater or just <laughs> mugger or mob guy villain so I like it also a character Morrison hasn't done much with either right 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 also the goof of of having the Grundy ultra humanite pretending to be <laughs> the statue. A, a statue in this fortress is very good yeah hmm. I, don't I don't remember, remember having yeah. a Grundy statue uh, Solomon Grundy. Very good. All right, well, that brings us to our final book of the week, which is Titans United, number one, written by Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott? Kevin Kevin? Do we know? Kevin? Kevin. Kevin Scott. Kevin, yeah. Illustrated by Jose Luis. I'm sorry, I suggested you, this guy. You, you want to talk about just gliding right over my smooth brain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is. This is so mid, you guys. Like, it's, I mean, it's lower than mid, but like, it's aiming to be mid. I mean, Jose Luis is good. Yes. Um, he, he should just go replace Joe Bennett on everything Joe Bennett was doing. Ooh. Cause there it's, you ve- go. it's very similar. That's a good call, my dude. Um, yeah. See if it's too late to get him, uh, back on that timeless book instead of greg land yeah oh god <laughs> inshallah <laughs> um but yeah no this is a whole lot of nothing and actually like it it's even more just like some of the characterization in this is like really frustrating i think yeah it's it's really i mean i've read stuff that scott has written that that i've liked mm-hmm but this just is so Walmart tier. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it, I mean, like, yeah. So what you're from, saying is you, you would drive like 20 yeah. minutes to get one? Uh-huh. If only if it was bundled with like three other new 52 <laughs> comics. Um, uh-huh. No, it's just so like every character is their, their most like base. Like Jason Todd is just the biggest asshole. They're all based. Yeah. They're all no, based. they're not based. Yeah. They're based, no. not based. Yeah. Connor Kent is like, yeah, try, trying, 
trying very hard to be Superman. And then like, of course, Jason Todd has to point out that like, well, he's just faking being Superman. He's not really, you know, and like, yeah. And then the villain. Oh, it's a, a mix of all the Titans powers. And then also the Titans might be losing their power. Like what a, what a then, bargain basement man. And then kite man. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't understand is the timing of this book because we have currently have the most interesting Titan status quo we've had in a while. And there's just, there's no reason to, uh, there's no reason to have, to have these characters doing this right now. Yeah. It's like, who is this even for? Is this like supposed to be getting the, the fans of HBO Max's Titans? Is that no, because half the, but, I don't think half this team is on that show. No, they are. They're all on there. They're all on there. Are they yeah. really? Uh-huh. Every one of these characters is on that show. Man, yeah. I haven't watched it since the pilot. I'm still turned off by that needle drop of that son of a bitch song from that pilot. <laughs> Remember that? No. <laughs> What's the name of that song? The, 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 uh, uh, it's Nathaniel Ratliff and the, the Night, Night Sweats. Sweats. Yeah. Like, a, a character got off a bus. I think it was Starfire got off a bus and that song was playing for no good reason. And, uh, I mean, it infuriated it's me. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Um, Actually, yeah, no, now but... I'm 100% that's what it is because all these characters are on that show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but this but... doesn't feel like that show, does it? No, and it doesn't look like it. Like, they don't look like they're counterparts, but like, that's oh clearly what this it, it even says on the cover watch DC Titans on HBO Max. <laughs> Yeah, so that's who it's for. Um, okay, but it's so it's it's aiming for the bottom of the barrel as far as like creativity. Ugh. I mean, this is like golden age level of storytelling. <laughs> like, it's, well, Scott it's... is Scott's relatively new to comics. I think. Yeah. See, to me, when someone is relatively new to comics, I don't mind them if they're swinging for the fences and not getting there or if they are afraid to do something too bold. But I feel like this is just. I don't know. I don't think this doesn't scream new to comics to me. This just screams there's no point to this. Well, there's six more issues, so. That's why, yeah. The, the concept is just so lazy. It's just like, how many times have we seen this done before? Too many. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening, folks. Uh, we mentioned it before, and we're not going to do this all the time, but we do have a Patreon. Go to dc3cast.com for more information. We've been dropping a, a bonus episode every week. You get this episode a day early. I've been doing uh, interviews with New 52 creators on there. We are going to have apparently a 30-ish minute conversation about scrolling comics we talked about before we started recording tonight. That'll go up this week. So lots of good stuff there. And our Discord. We're having a lot of fun in our uh, DC3Cast Lads Chat Discord. So uh, if you're interested in that, DC3Cast.com for more information. But until then, you can find two-thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app. I am at Walker Fox. Vince is trying to figure out a way to bind titans uh what is this book called titans united titans, titans united vince he is went, pulling up 
next week's comics and Brian didn't even ask for him. Oh, oh, oh look at that. Well, it's, okay, that, <laughs> there it is then. Vince is prepared for once. That's what Vince is doing this week. <laughs> Vince, what comes out next week? Uh, Aquaman, The Becoming. Uh, Bat, that's issue one. Uh, Batman 113. Uh, Batman Secret Files, Miracle Molly. Uh, Batman the Detective number five. Uh, Batman versus Bigby, a wolf in Gotham, if you're into that. Um, I'm certainly not. Um, Catwoman number 35. Nightwing number 84. Shazam number three. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow number four. Superman, Son of Kal-El number three. And The Flash number 774. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more. Stay tuned. Bye. Sorry, we're not talking to SpongeBob, Zach. Shut up. <laughs> good, good comeback there, dude. All right, we ready to talk about this? Absolutely. Oh, I'm quitting the podcast. Y'all <laughs> uh, are mean. Oh, I love Be- because we referenced that you like SpongeBob, we're mean. Yep. <laughs>